Hello, everyone. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. It is October 8th, and this is the One Year Bible Tour Guide podcast. My name is David McAdam, and it's good to be with you all reading God's Word. I hope you are being challenged as we read God's self-revelation in the pages of sacred scripture. We'd like to spend some time together having our hearts filled with the knowledge of God's revealed will in the scriptures. We are in the book of Jeremiah today in the Old Testament and continuing in the book of Colossians in the New Testament. I hope we will heed the warnings in both of these books and not give in to the idolatries in our culture, but will press on to know the one true God and walk worthily through the grace of the new life that is given to all who heed the gospel. So let's start where we left off, starting out with our reading from the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, chapter 10, and we begin with verse 1, Idols and the Living God, Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 1. Hear the word that the Lord speaks to you, O house of Israel. Thus says the Lord. Learn not the way of the nations, nor be dismayed at the signs of the heavens, because the nations are dismayed at them. For the customs of the peoples are vanity. A tree from the forest is cut down and worked with an axe by the hands of a craftsman. They decorate it with silver and gold. They fasten it with hammer and nails so that it cannot move. Their idols are like scarecrows in a cucumber field, and they cannot speak. They have to be carried, for they cannot walk. Do not be afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, neither is it in them to do good. There is none like you, O Lord. You are great, and your name is great in might. Who would not fear you, O King of the nations? For this is your due. For among all the wise ones of the nations, and in all their kingdoms, there is none like you. They are both stupid and foolish. The instruction of idols is but wood. Beaten silver is brought from Tarshish, and gold from Euphaz. They are the work of the craftsman, and of the hands of the goldsmith. Their clothing is violet and purple. They are all the work of skilled men. But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. At His wrath the earth quakes, and the nations cannot endure His indignation. Thus shall you say to them, The gods who did not make the heavens and the earth shall perish from the earth and from under the heavens. It is He who made the earth by His power, who established the world by His wisdom, and by His understanding stretched out the heavens. When He utters His voice, there is tumult of waters in the heavens, and he makes the mist rise from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain, and he brings forth the wind from his storehouses. Every man is stupid and without knowledge. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his idols, for his images are false, and there is no breath in them. They are worthless, a work of delusion. At the time of their punishment they shall perish." Not like these is he who is the portion of Jacob, for he is the one who formed all things, and Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. Gather up your bundle from the ground, O you who dwell under siege. For thus says the Lord, Behold, I am slinging out the inhabitants of the land at this time, and I will bring distress on them that they may feel it. Woe is me because of my hurt, my wound is grievous. But I said, Truly this is an affliction, and I must bear it. 
My tent is destroyed, and all my cords are broken. My children have gone from me, and they are not. There is no one to spread my tent again, and to set up my curtains. For the shepherds are stupid, and do not inquire of the Lord. Therefore they have not prospered, and all their flock is scattered. A voice, a rumor, behold, it comes, a great commotion out of the north country, to make the cities of Judah a desolation, a lair of jackals. I know, O Lord, that the way of man is not in himself, that it is not in man who walks to direct his steps. Correct me, O Lord, but in justice, not in your anger, lest you bring me to nothing. Pour out your wrath on the nations that know you not, and on the peoples that call not on your name. For they have devoured Jacob, they have devoured him and consumed him, and have laid waste his habitation. Chapter 11 The Broken Covenant The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Hear the words of this covenant, and speak to the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. You shall say to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Cursed be the man who does not hear the words of this covenant that I commanded your fathers when I brought them out of the land of Egypt, from the iron furnace, saying, Listen to my voice, and do all that I command you. So shall you be my people, and I will be your God, that I may confirm the oath that I swore to your fathers, to give them a land flowing with milk and honey, as at this day. Then I answered, So be it, Lord. And the Lord said to me, Proclaim all these words in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. Hear the words of this covenant and do them. For I solemnly warned your fathers when I brought them out of the land of Egypt, warning them persistently, even to this day, saying, Obey my voice. Yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but everyone walked in the stubbornness of his evil heart. Therefore I brought upon them all the words of this covenant which I commanded them to do, but they did not. Again the Lord said to me, A conspiracy exists among the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They have turned back to their iniquities of their forefathers who refused to hear my words. They have gone after other gods to serve them. The house of Israel and the house of Judah have broken my covenant that I made with their fathers. Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I am bringing disaster upon them that they cannot escape. Though they cry to me, I will not listen to them. Then the cities of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem will go and cry to the gods to whom they make offerings, but they cannot save them in the time of their trouble. For your gods have become as many as your cities, O Judah, and as many as the streets of Jerusalem are the altars you have set up to shame, altars to make offerings to Baal. Therefore do not pray for this people, or lift up a cry or prayer on their behalf for I will not listen when they call to me in the time of their trouble. What right has my beloved in my house when she has done many vile deeds? Can even sacrificial flesh avert your doom? Can you then exult? The Lord once called you a green olive tree, beautiful with good fruit. But with the roar of a great tempest, he will set fire to it, and its branches will be consumed. The Lord of hosts who planted you has decreed disaster against you because of the evil that the house of Israel and the house of Judah have done, provoking me to anger by making offerings to Baal. The Lord made it known to me, and I knew. Then you showed me their deeds. But I was like a gentle lamb led to the slaughter. 
I did not know it was against me they devised schemes, saying, Let us destroy the tree with its fruit, let us cut him off from the land of the living, that his name be remembered no more. But, O Lord of hosts, who judges righteously, who tests the heart and the mind, let me see your vengeance upon them, for to you have I committed my cause. Therefore thus says the Lord concerning the men of Anathoth, who seek your life, and say, Do not prophesy in the name of the Lord, or you will die by our hand. Therefore thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will punish them. The young men shall die by the sword, their sons and their daughters shall die by famine, and none of them shall be left. For I will bring disaster upon the men of Anathoth, the year of their punishment. And this concludes our reading from today's portion from the Old Testament, the book of Jeremiah. And now, as is our custom, let's take a few moments to reflect upon what we have just read. Jeremiah warns God's people to beware their fascination with the ways of the nations. The Apostle John will remind believers to love not the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 there are plenty of worthless customs that we should beware of and avoid. Signs in the sky, chapter 10, verse 2, superstitions and horoscopes, burning incense to idols, good luck charms and emblems that signify false deities. Like a scarecrow in a melon patch, the idols of this world are lifeless, unintelligent, and uselessly ineffective. In contrast, the Lord is mighty and worthy to be feared. Jeremiah mocks the idols of men, in chapter 10, verses 3 through 15, and contrasts them with the mighty God who is the maker of all things. He warns Judah of the imminent siege warfare in Jeremiah chapter 10, verses 17 through 22. Jeremiah cites this truth as he prays, I know, O Lord, that a man's way is not in himself, nor is it in a man who walks to direct his steps. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. In chapter 11, Jeremiah reminds them that the curses of the Mosaic Covenant in Deuteronomy chapter 28 will soon be falling upon them in Jeremiah chapter 11 verses 1 through 13. In Jeremiah chapter 11 verses 10 and 11, they have turned back to the iniquities of their ancestors who refused to hear my words, and they have gone after other gods to serve them. The house of Israel and the house of Judah have broken my covenant which I made with their fathers. Therefore, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am bringing disaster on them which they will not be able to escape. Though they will cry to me, yet I will not listen to them. For the second time, God commands Jeremiah not to pray for his people. In Jeremiah chapter 11, verse 14, The time has come for God to dispense justice. God was still calling them to repent, but prayers at this point would not prevent the coming judgment. The people of Jeremiah's hometown of Anathoth wanted to kill him. In Jeremiah chapter 11, verse 21, his preaching was threatening their idol business. They thought the message of judgment was depressive and not characteristic of their image of God. They thought that Jeremiah's ministry showed disrespect for the religious and political establishment of his day. Jeremiah was calling them to recognize their sins, turn from them, and return to God. The preaching of the gospel is offensive, because it confronts self-righteousness, exposes sin, and challenges the hearer with the reality of the day of judgment as well as the mercy of God displayed in the cross. The Lord promises that He will deal with Jeremiah's enemies in the year of His punishment. 
Jeremiah chapter 11, verse 23. We will read more about this tomorrow. Now we move on to our next stop in our Bible reading tour, Paul's letter to the Colossians in the New Testament. And we will be reading from Colossians chapter 3, verse 18, through chapter 4, verse 18. The ESV gives this heading, Rules for Christian Households. Colossians 3, 18. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bondservants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people-pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Chapter 4 Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the word, to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Tychicus will tell you all about my activities. He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, and that he may encourage your hearts. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you. They will tell you of everything that has taken place here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you, and Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice. These are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and in Hierapolis. Luke, the beloved physician, greets you, as does Demas. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans, and see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, See that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. And this concludes our reading from today's portion from the New Testament. And this concludes Paul's letter to the Colossians. Now let's take a few moments to reflect upon what we have just read. We continued to read about the outworking of the indwelling Christ in the life of the believer. The gospel realities will affect family relationships. Everything is different in the Lord. Believers are admonished to live as unto the Lord in the power of the Lord. The love of God is the new governing law. 
Husbands and wives must be forgiving and speak the truth in love. They are not to keep a record of wrongs and become embittered towards one another. Dads need to be careful not to overcorrect their children, lest they discourage and exasperate them, or literally take the life out of them. Employees should consider their attitude in service. Instead of begrudging a boss who is insensitive and demanding, render your service as unto the Lord in a way that is pleasing to Him. Ultimately, you work for the Lord and will receive a reward from Him. We are not to be vengeful. We are assured that vengeance belongs to the Lord. He who does wrong will reap the consequences. Employers should be fair, treating their employees as they would want to be treated. The final portion of Paul's letter to the Colossians opens a window into Paul's prayer life. He has genuine affection for the people in the Lycus Valley and their churches. Notice what Paul prays for. Open doors for the gospel, clear communication of God's message, and making the most of every opportunity. He also expresses gratitude for his team members, Tychicus, Onesimus, the runaway slave who became a leader in the church at Colossae, his fellow prisoner Aristarchus, John Mark, who once caused Paul much distress on an earlier mission trip, and now serves once again as a trusted co-worker, Epaphras, Luke, and Nympha, the house group leader. He sends this personal message which must have been an encouragement to Archippus and should encourage us all. Say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. May we all take heed to fulfill the ministry that we have been given. Now for our next stop on our Bible reading tour, we go to the Bible's songbook, the book of Psalms, and we continue to read from Psalm 78, beginning with verse 56, and we conclude it with verse 72. Yet they tested and rebelled against the Most High God, and did not keep His testimonies, but turned away and acted treacherously like their fathers. They twisted like a deceitful bow, for they provoked Him to anger with their high places. They moved Him to jealousy with their idols. When God heard, He was full of wrath, and He utterly rejected Israel. He forsook His dwelling at Shiloh, the tent where He dwelt among mankind, and delivered His power to captivity, His glory to the hand of the foe. He gave His people over to the sword and vented His wrath on His heritage. Fire devoured their young men, and their young women had no marriage song. Their priests fell by the sword, and their widows made no lamentation. Then the Lord awoke as from sleep, like a strong man shouting because of wine, and He put His adversaries to rout, he put them to everlasting shame. He rejected the tent of Joseph. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim, but he chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loves. He built his sanctuary like the high heavens, like the earth which he has founded forever. He chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfolds. From following the nursing ewes he brought him to shepherd Jacob his people, Israel his inheritance. With upright heart he shepherded them and guided them with his skillful hand. This concludes Psalm 78. Israel is described as a deceitful bow. It is an unreliable instrument. The arrows it shoots never go where they are supposed to. It makes no difference what arrow they use. The bow itself is faulty. The problem is idolatrous sin in the heart. In their rebellion, they turned away from their God-given target of bringing glory to His name. Instead, they turned to idols 
and it affects everything they aim to do. As a result of their unfaithfulness, God withdrew His presence from the tabernacle of Shiloh and sent the ark into captivity. Consider these sad judgments. Fire devoured His young men, and His virgins had no wedding songs. His priests fell by the sword, and His widows could not weep. Psalm 78, verses 63 and 67. After the period of judges, God raised up King David from the tribe of Judah, a man after his own heart, prefiguring the Messiah, the greater and truer shepherd king. So he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them with his skillful hands. Psalm 78, verse 72. And now let's go to our final stop in our Bible reading tour today to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 24, verses 28 and 29. Be not a witness against your neighbor without cause, and do not deceive with your lips. Do not say, I will do to him as he has done to me. I will pay the man back for what he has done. These Proverbs remind us to live our lives with integrity and love our neighbor. Do not seek vengeance when wronged. Do not give in to the spirit of vindictiveness seeking to retaliate. Instead, love and forgive and seek to promote peace. Now let's go before the Lord in light of what He has shown us in His Word. Lord, our hearts are idol-making factories. We pray that You will help us keep our eyes and hearts fixed on You. Your Word is life to us. Fill us with Your Spirit and the knowledge of Your will. Empower us to walk in ways that are pleasing to You. Help us to learn from those who have gone before us. In all our ways we acknowledge You. Keep us from being deceitful bows. May we be accurately calibrated instruments in your hand that will prove to be reliable in hitting your desired target. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope that you have been encouraged to fulfill your ministries today and that you are developing a spiritual appetite and with hunger will join us tomorrow as we continue to read through the book of Jeremiah and start a new book in the New Testament, Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. First Thessalonians tomorrow. Don't forget you can always contact us with any questions or comments that you have by writing to podcast at newlife.org or if you would like to learn more about New Life Community Church and its ministries or subscribe to a daily email with a written commentary of each day's one-year Bible reading, you can go to our website newlife.org. So let me sign off with a prayer. Father, thank you for these dear people who are joining with me in reading through your word. Thank you for giving us this time to allow our hearts to open up to you. We thank you for speaking to us, for challenging us, for renewing our minds, and causing us to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the salvation that we have freely received. In Jesus' name, amen. Shalom.